Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live as every night at 8 p.m. Central. Hope you're having a fun weekend. Hope you're having a great Sunday night. I like it when the Cowboys do not necessarily play on Sunday night or when they are on primetime because it really gives you a chance to step back, take a look at the rest of the NFL and enjoy it. And we have enjoyed some fun football games tonight, I believe. We had the Bengals versus the Chargers. We had the Steelers shocking the Ravens. That was fun. We had an upset wing for the Seahawks as well. And right now, the, the Chiefs-Broncos game has been a little bit of fun as well. So thank you guys for joining the show. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I have missed you guys. The last time that I saw you was on Wednesday night before the Cowboys took on the Saints. We didn't know exactly what to expect. We expected a win We maybe did not know how to feel about it on Thursday night because it was a win, but there were a lot of points left in that field, I believe, and there were a lot of missed opportunities as well. We'll get into all of it. We'll talk about three winners, three losers for the game. I see you, Burner Account, starting us off with the Michael Parsons mandatory comment of the day. Tom down his Burner Account says, when Parsons goes to court, The judge rises for him. I love that one. Also, Asmodeus, what's up? Over at Facebook, Joshua Davis. He says, my predicted score was right. I was one point off. I said uh, 27 to 16. The final score was 27 to 17. But I will be completely honest with you. That was not what I envisioned on that football game. Like There were a lot of, of, of little things that I did not expect. I definitely did not expect Carlos Watkins to take one to the house, for example. Big man touchdown. What is up, Kenneth Fraser as well? Dallas Young, Michael Charles, uh, Cheryl as well. She says, the refs and the Washington football team cheated today for their win. Some weird calls, some weird calls or, or, no, or non-calls actually in that game as well. So what is up, everyone? Let's start the show. But first, before we do, do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about primetime, and let's get some more Dallas Cowboys fans in here. Let's talk about the Cowboys' win over the Saints. Let's start the show officially. What is up, everyone? Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire Cowboy season, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content, for more Mavericks content as well. Ian, Alec, doing a great job for the site covering the Dallas Mavericks. So make sure you check that out. And of course, the shows. We have Skywalker on the mornings. You have, uh, you know, myself at nights, 8 p.m. Central, and the game they experience alongside former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Jesse Holly. So make sure you follow ADC Sports Dallas on all of our social media platforms. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They got the win. And as who said it? Someone said it over here in the chat. It was Dallas Junk. He said, not the prettiest win. But it's a W nonetheless. And that is exactly right. The Cowboys are 8-4, which, by the way, fun fact, 8-4 is currently the best 
record in the entire AFC. So those are your Dallas Cowboys, your number one seed in the AFC, as Danny Phantom was pointing it out earlier on Twitter. What is up, Stevie Mac? Also in the chat, reminding people to hit the like button and, of course, share the stream. What is up, Ronald? Asking how do I get the graphic to the right and me to the left? I just, you know, when I go to Canva, when I, I use Canva to make these sort of designs, no, actually, I don't. I use Studio. Uh, when I, you know, when I put it together, I just order it like so and, and just upload it. I'm not really sure. Uh, like, this is the, the design that I do and I, I do it to the left. I don't know if that is, you know, a, a solid explanation or not. But yeah. Uh, thank you, Asmodeus. Thank you for your comment. Thank you, guys. Who, whose birthday is it? Oh, Tom Downey's burner account says, today is my birthday and the Cowboys didn't lose. That's quite the gift. But also, they gave you an early gift by getting the win over the Saints. And that brings us, ladies and gentlemen, to the main topic of the show, which is three winners and three losers from the Cowboys game. And I know that maybe, and happy birthday, by the way, to Tom, to, to Tom Downey's burner account. Happy birthday to you guys. Uh, to you, exactly, Tom Downey's burner account. Sorry. Uh it was definitely sort of an ugly game. It had its ugly moments. The Cowboys had five three and outs on offense. That is far from ideal. The Cowboys defense stepped up once again. It was once again one of those games in which you had different playmakers on defense taking the ball away. Actually, similar to what happened when three defensive backs got their own interception about a few weeks ago. It was a similar game. We're kind of, you know, we have our doubts about the Cowboys offense. We'll talk about them on tonight's show. We are concerned about the run game. We'll also get into that. But there were some big winners, in my opinion, from the game. And that actually brings up the question that I have for you guys. Who's your biggest winners? Who's your biggest winner of the Cowboys road victory over the New Orleans Saints? Who's your biggest winner of the game? Because my answer to this question is definitely the Marcus Lawrence. There are a lot of them, but one of them to me is the Marcus Lawrence. This guy came back from injury and it looked like he had never left. Two passes, two pass deflections. He had one quarterback hit. He was a constant disruptor in the run game and he was out there dominating. Now, he did not have a super rival across from him because the, the, the Saints were playing without their starting tackles, and that definitely played a big role for the Cowboys. But how about the Cowboys' defense once again mixing it up? We had some weird looks again. We had this NASCAR sort of front in which the Cowboys had Drance Armstrong, Tyrell Vasham, Demarcus Lawrence on the inside, and then Chauncey Goldston on the outside. Four defensive ends on that play. We saw all of this exciting stuff for the Cowboys defense and the Marcus Lawrence, man, he did his job once again. Now, I see a lot of your comments and I appreciate them. A lot of people mentioning Micah Parsons. Uh, Mike says, Micah Parsons over at Facebook. Chuck also goes with Parsons and Tank. What is up, Cowboys Corner? Thank you for joining the show. He also says, okay, Micah Parsons, hey, he is one of my biggest winners again. And it might be... You know, at some point, maybe we'll get tired of mentioning Micah Parsons as a primetime performer for the Cowboys week in and week out. But it is the truth. Like, Micah Parsons is out there making an impression. So much so that, by the way, he is now an official candidate 
for Defensive Player of the Year. And by official, I only mean that he now appears as an actual betting option in your favorite sports books. Now, Micah Parsons is listed at, two, at plus 2,000. And in my opinion, he has an argument to be in that conversation. He might not win it. I wouldn't bet money on him winning it because it would be difficult for a rookie to earn that, that award. And we have talked about it here on the show before. By the way, TJ Watt had a great game today and great argument for him to maybe take the lead in that race. We'll see about that. But speaking of Micah Parsons, we did see some new stuff, maybe, for, for the Cowboys linebacker. We saw, and Brian Baldinger pointed this out first on Twitter, we saw the Cowboys kind of play a Tampa 2 look versus the Saints, at least in one play. And, you know, Tampa 2 was a very popular defense, as we all know, in football, if a about in the 2000s maybe, but then it disappeared for one reason mainly. And that reason was that there are not enough athletic linebackers that can drop into coverage for that deep on the field. And that is exactly what Michael Parsons was doing for the Cowboys in some of these plays. And then in that peak play for, for Jaron Kears when he got the interception, how about Michael Parsons recovering with that impressive speed? When he is on the field, he is the fastest of the 22 players that are on that playing field. Michael Parsons, once again, doing his stuff, and he is truly a candidate, in my opinion, for Defensive Player of the Year. What is so impressive about him is he does a little bit of everything. And if you ask me, this is the exact combination that we want from Michael Parsons once Randy Gregory also comes back from injury. A lot of the time, we're kind of figuring out whether we want Michael Parsons to play on the edge or whether we want him as an inside linebacker. And I myself have been guilty of this, you know, mistake maybe in which we kind of want to figure out what his future looks like and where exactly is he going to play. But it has gotten to the point in which there is no more discussion. You need to play Michael Parsons everywhere. You need to move him around as a key chess piece, but not only week to week, in the game. And I think that the combination that we saw from Parsons on, on Thursday night, that is the exact combination that we need, even more so when you're playing mobile quarterbacks. I am not big into Taysom Hill. Like, I don't have a lot of, you know, expectations for Taysom Hill as a quarterback. But what we do know is that the guy is an athlete, and Michael Parsons' closing speed, change of direction, awareness, they all played a big role into the Cowboys limiting the damage that Taysom Hill was able to do with his legs. Not, not, not only scrambling, but also you know moving out of the pocket and maybe throwing on the run. Michael Parsons disrupted a lot of plays constantly. He got his 10th sack of the season. He got at least one more tackle for loss. Michael Parsons, as Dallas Young is saying, he's a different breed. As Bruno is saying on Facebook, he is a beast. Mike says he's playing, playing him everywhere. That is exactly right. Hey, as Tom Downey's burner account is saying, try him as a place kicker because why not? I, Michael Parsons, and I don't know who, come up, who came up with this linebacker that people are mentioning now on social media, but Micah is exactly a linebacker, so... It has been a long time since I've been this excited about a Cowboys player, especially on defense, I believe. Like, I don't know when was the last time that we felt like this. Charles Moore says, we don't need Jalen. He is a problem and too much money. Yeah, Jalen, we have moved on, I believe, from Jalen's mid. Tom down his burner account, and he kind of read my mind there. He says... 
Queen stepped up huge and best a team that has given him fits on the road. Very impressive to do that after so many out with COVID with limited prep. And that brings us to my third winner, my third biggest winner of the game versus the Saints. It is Dan Quinn. Exactly. Listen, Dan Quinn was asked to do a difficult thing. And not only that, that not only meant like moving from defensive coordinator to interim head coach for a season, but it also meant moving him out of the coaching box when he were coaching booth, excuse me, where he where he has been coaching this defense all season long, asking him to move to the sidelines and asking him to, you know, keep the defensive performances up while managing timeouts, while managing game decisions. And Dan Queen nailed it. Maybe it wasn't perfect, but as Dan Quinn said, after the game, he didn't want to hand the card keys back to McCarthy and ask him to apologize uh, and ask him for an apology because he screwed his car up. Dan Quinn kept these Cowboys on the right path. He got the eighth win of the season, and that is big for Dan Quinn and the coaching staff. That is also amazing. Uh, AJ Torres says, Michael Parsons is in a chess piece. The dude is the board. He's everywhere. I love that comment by AJ, and I agree with that. My mom calls me that to TDBA. Dan Quinn, man, what a hire, says Tom Down. His burner account is special. It's the best word for him. All right, I, now I understand Stevie Mac saying my mom calls me that too. <laughs> hey, TDBA is a good nickname, though, for the Tom Down is burner account because that is usually a long account to name. Chuck says, we need to move on from LVE. He's low plays like he's Jerry Jones. And hey, Chuck also getting a little bit ahead of, my, uh, of me on this uh, you know, program because we are now moving on to the losers. And the question for you guys is, who's your biggest loser of the Cowboys road victory? Who among the Dallas Cowboys was to you a loser? Because I think there are a few that we should name. And as you guys were saying earlier on the show, It was not a pretty win. It is still a win, but it was not pretty. And to me, Leighton Vanderich is among my three losers. I think that, you know, Leighton's injuries have caught up to him. And we kind of knew that maybe this was his last season with the Dallas Cowboys. But that game versus the Saints was rough. His, you know, play in space, in open space, leaves a lot to be desired. And he's really having a rough spot out there. He's really having a rough time out there, excuse me. And it maybe is even more clear now that we're seeing Michael Parsons do a little bit of everything, and especially when he plays on the edge. Maybe Keanu Neal is not playing great football, but I don't think he's playing poor football either. But with Leighton Vanderich, sometimes it is quite you know, evident that he's struggling out there and he's struggling to make plays in space. And Brian Broaddus who's now with 105.3 to fan pointed out on Twitter that in his opinion, it is because of injuries. And I think that that is something that I agree with. Anyways, that is something that I agree with. Hey, Stevie Max is Kellen, Leighton Vanderich, and the offensive line. And to be specific, Cheryl also mentions the offensive line. Kenneth says that wasn't on point like he usually is. He missed a lot of passes. And I'm, I'm going to stick with the offensive line for a little bit. And I'm going to say that one of my biggest losers is Connor McGovern. You guys know, if you have been watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime for a while now, that in my opinion, the Cowboys should have sticked with Connor Williams. But I understand the move and I respected it. And I kind of, you know, maybe wish that Connor Williams was still the Cowboys' left guard. 
But I understood giving a chance to Connor McGovern. I do believe, though, that right now the best five offensive linemen for the Cowboys are Tyron Smith, Connor Williams, Tyler Biotis, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins. I think that should be your starting five on the offensive line. I would pluck Connor Williams back to the Cowboys' offensive line. And it kind of sucks, though, because now you're in December and you're playing with offensive line continuity as well, and you don't want to keep moving pieces around. And maybe when Terrence Steele comes back, the Cowboys coaching staff wants to pluck him back into the starting lineup. And I don't know, I do like Collins better by a wide margin, actually. And I do like Connor Williams better. Hey, I know that he holds, but he wouldn't be the first offensive line that part of his game is holding. Players have got into the Hall of Fame by holding. <laughs> Some of the best offensive linemen in the history of the NFL held a lot of the times. So I know that Connor Williams had this, has these uh, two to three big spots on, on some games that end up hurting the Cowboys a lot, but I would plug Connor Williams back to the Cowboys starting offensive line. And we saw Connor McGovern struggle a, a few times, you know, when pulling in the run game, when pass protecting, when run blocking just uh, straight up. He has struggled, I believe, Connor McGovern. He's not moving people out there like Williams sometimes did. And I know that Connor Williams is not perfect. And then some people have, have you know, are, are maybe debated that, hey, but the Cowboys are thinking about the future and you might not stay with Connor Williams next season, so you want to plug in Connor McGovern for the long term. But you know what? I think that forget about the long term. The Cowboys have the talent to be contenders this year, I believe. I honestly believe that. So I would hate it if the Cowboys are, you know, trusting McGovern and maybe even trusting Steele because they're thinking about the, the long term. I think that the Cowboys should think about right now. And I think that that is your best starting five. Then he says, if our offensive line is struggling with the run, why not use a tight end as a fullback to lead the block? What say you, says Dennis. And I have pushed for 12 personnel a lot on, on this show on primetime. And the Cowboys just a little bit more of it versus the Saints, especially when time wasn't a factor. There was this, uh, this offensive drive in specific in which about 50% of the plays came in 12 personnel. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Even though I've asked for more two tight ends on, on that football field and to ask them to block to help the offensive line out, even though I myself have asked for that, I am kind of realizing that, hey, Dalton Schultz, and Sean McKeon are not the greatest blockers in the NFL. And I kind of hated that. There have been some plays, even in some, like we have been complaining a lot about the Cowboys running the football up the gut consistently, right? Instead of trying some things on the edges, trying some counter plays, things like that. But there have been some plays in which, for example, you had Dalton Schultz pulling and he kind of doesn't get there or he misses his blocks. And I love what Dalton Schultz has been doing for the Cowboys offense, though. I do love it, and I think that he has improved so, so much. But the thing is, the Cowboys maybe don't have the best blocking tight ends right now. They have to improve on that, no doubt about it. Jarwin was better with the run block than Schultz's Bruno. Uh, Stevie Mac says, one of the main things with Lyle is he just seems out of shape. Dude is gassed pretty early on. That has been an issue. As Medeo says, we went 7-1 with Colin Williams. You don't make a move like that. What you, what you talking about? We don't have a run game, says uh, Joshua Davis. 
it has been tough. The Cowboys run game has not been there, definitely. So yeah, McGovern, one of my losers alongside Leighton Vanderich. And finally, it pains me to say this, but one of my three biggest losers from the Cowboys win over the Saints is Kellen Moore. I love what Kellen Moore has been doing for the Cowboys most of the season. I do think, you know, the hype around Kellen Moore is real. And I do think that he will continue to improve as the Cowboys offensive coordinator. But that game was a little bit rough for the Cowboys offense. Dallas was insisting on those inside runs, on those inside runs all game long. They were being also very insistent on running the football with Ezekiel Elliott, which is something that, to be completely fair, might not be entirely on Kellen Moore because I do think that maybe Kellen Moore is, does not have the call on to, you know, will we play Ezekiel Elliott or not? I don't think that that decision belongs to him. But what is, what is up with those inside plays constantly? And I know that I'm not the first person to complain about this, but what about when the Cowboys ran Ezekiel Elliott outside to the flat zone and they had Marshawn Latimer on him. What is up with that? <laughs> I, I really don't understand that. I, I thought that Kellen Moore had a rough game in that regard. I think that this is my theory and I have no numbers to back it up. But my theory about the Cowboys run game struggling so much and maybe I'm you know uh, getting ahead of myself a little bit, but the Cowboys run game has not been there. I might be wrong, and I have no stats to back this up. I will be honest with you. But my theory right now, without going back to really look at each of the games, is that if the Cowboys passing game is not there, then Kellen Moore cannot maybe force a run game, or, or, or the Cowboys offense cannot do that, cannot get that run game together without the passing game success. I don't know if that makes any kind of sense. Usually we talk about the run game opening up the pass game. I think that for the Cowboys this season, the main problem has been running the football when the passes are not there. And I think that that has been a problem recently for the Cowboys. And this might be related to the fact that the Cowboys maybe have not had commanding leads over the past few weeks, which was the case during the first few weeks of the season. And those games in which the Cowboys blew out the Panthers and the Eagles and the Giants, the Cowboys had at some point of the game a commanding lead and they were running the football very comfortable, very comfortably. So I think that when, had, when those leads have not been there, the Cowboys have struggled a little bit more with the run. Now, Joshua says, bench sick until he's healthy. Pollard has it. And I, I, I agree with, with the fact that the Cowboys should have rested Ezekiel Elliott because he clearly is not healthy. Like, we are looking at the game and we're looking at a, an, an Ezekiel Elliott that is seemingly actually in pain. So, I would like it if the Cowboys made the decision, you know, you know what, we're going to rest Ezekiel Elliott for a little bit. I would be surprised if they reached that decision, though, because if they didn't versus the Saints, I don't see them doing it now because the Cowboys now have a mini-vi. They are going to have 10 days of rest before next game versus Washington. So I do think that come Sunday, that we are going to be talking about Ezekiel Elliott playing for, for the Cowboys versus Washington. I do expect that. But I agree with people saying that they should have rested him. They should have rested him, in my opinion. Now, to be completely fair, I think that Cowboys' issues on the run game extend beyond just, you know, let's plug in Tony Pollard. 
I want more Pollard on the Cowboys offense. I want more from the playmaker. But I do think that that is far from the only problem. The problem comes with run blocking as well, with the insistence of up-the-gut football runs. You want them to mix up some stuff on that Cowboys run game. Just this morning, I was reading about the box running game and how they use duo mainly. Like duo is their bread and butter, getting those double teams in the offensive line. But then they have a lot of constraint plays that extend from those that derive from those dual plays. And I think that maybe that is the kind of stuff that is missing for the Cowboys run game right now. Maybe the Cowboys don't have the counters. Maybe the Cowboys are not mixing outside zone plays as well. I would like it if they do. And I think I actually think that the Cowboys offense will figure it out. And that brings me to, to one of the main points that I wanted to get across on this show. I am not panicking about the Cowboys offense yet. I really am not. I know that Dak Prescott has been criticized a lot for the loss, for the win, excuse me, even this, in spite of the win, because the Cowboys went uh, three and out five times on the game. Dak Prescott clearly missed some throws for them too, and he was not maybe on the same page as, he, as his receivers. People are still fighting about whether the throw should have gone outside or inside. But even if it was inside, maybe it was not the perfect throw. But I will tell you what, I looking back at the game, I don't have a lot of complaints about Dak Prescott. I agree that some throws should have been made. I agree that some uh, that maybe you wanted him to run the football at when he was scrambling and then he didn't. And he himself talked about it after the game. He said that maybe he was trying to do it all in one play instead of going through the entire drive. But I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. I think that Dak Prescott is still making some insane throws. I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That third down throw to CeeDee Lamp on the seam, that was one of the best throws in the in the entire NFL maybe this season. So that that is that is definitely something that we should point out. I think that Dak Prescott is still the guy for the Cowboys. And I'm really not that concerned about the Cowboys offense yet. I trust them to figure things out on December. But they have to. They have to. What is up, Hector? I, I am not. Don't worry. I am more than okay. Uh, what is up, JC, as well, over there on YouTube? Oof, being compared to Garrett and Linehan, lol, not good. People are already comparing uh, Kellen Moore to these guys after a few bad games. Listen, here's the thing about Kellen Moore, though. Maybe it's all part of the, you know, maturing process. This guy has had some great offenses to start the year, and then you have the the defenses maybe catch up with with him, but at some point, maybe he still keeps figuring things out. Uh, Leo Vasquez says, Prescott sucks. They need to get rid of him. He chokes. That is just something that I cannot even get, you know, close to agreeing with. And I know most people disagree with that. Listen, Dak Prescott is still the man, to be honest. I, I do believe that. I agree. Take Leo out of the chat. We'll at least <laughs> we'll take Leo out of the chat. Come on, man. Talk more. <laughs> All right. Leo is trolling. Like we, we usually get hecklers. Don't worry. I can deal with it. Uh, Rudy says, I'm okay with the win. Still one. That's all that matters to me. Go Cowboys Nation. Talk. Take Leo out of the chat. People want Leo out of the chat out here <laughs> because he's hitting on Dak Prescott. Wow. 
We need to run a third and five instead of passing all the time. You got to show that you're willing to run, keep the defense on, says Cortez Robinson. And by the way, one of my main complaints for the game is that the Cowboys are still running the football a lot on first and long, on second and long. They're still insisting a lot on those runs and are, and are you know, facing a lot of third and long situations that you don't want them to, uh, that you don't want them to face. But the Cowboys are putting themselves in these uncomfortable positions time and time again. And you want the Cowboys to be more aggressive on early downs like they were at the beginning of the year. And then they started to, you know, steer away from that over the past few weeks. You want them to go back to passing the ball on early downs constantly, especially on second and long. Throwing the football on second, uh, running the football on second and long is really just that constantly is bad for your offense. I agree with mixing things up, but you cannot, you, you cannot keep running the football that much in second and seven, second and 10, because you find yourself in third and long situations. Stevie Max is passing on third down when we're supposed to be killing the clock. And I kind of like the Cowboys' aggressiveness sometimes, but I agree that clock management has failed at, some, at various moments throughout the game. That is a big loss, says AJ Torres, answering Tom Downey's burner account that he's saying, Logan Thomas is done for the year. Big loss for Washington football team. Yeah, that sucks, man. Logan Thomas was one of the best tight ends in the NFL, and that is definitely a big loss. And I know there are division rivals, but you kind of hate it when those players go down. Mike says, our offense just needs to get dog that our defense has. They need to find a personality. Maybe they, they end up doing The biggest issues right now, in my opinion, for the Cowboys offense are figuring things out on the offensive line, especially in the ground game. Play your best five. That, as I said, in my opinion, that means playing Connor Williams and Lyle Collins instead of the other two guys. And I know that there is some controversy there still, and I know that there will be some disagreement there maybe. But in my opinion, those are your best five offensive linemen. And you cannot, you cannot delay this decision a lot more. Like... The decision on the Cowboys' offensive line needs to come right now because, hey, it is the 12th month of the calendar year. Like, we are in December. We are past week 13, and I know it sounds crazy, but we are literally, I, I, I don't want to sound like a Marvel movie, but we're in the end game now, and the Cowboys need to figure out who are their guys, and they need to stick with them for the rest of the year. I know that... You know, the Terrence Steele absence maybe had to do with the COVID thing. But I do think that the Cowboys should have their best five offensive linemen once they are all healthy and ready to go and play them. Instead of, in my opinion, Connor McGovern and, and Terrence Steele should be the team's backups, to be honest. The Cowboys want is Hector, but they don't convince. Uh, people are agreeing a little bit with the offensive line takes. I appreciate that. I know a lot of people like Steele better, though, than Collins. And I know that Stevie Mack, for example, pointed out Uh, Collins problem with conditioning and I agree that it is a problem but I, I gotta be honest with you I still prefer Collins over Steele Prescott is the man for our quarterbacks as Kenneth that is definitely the case as well he still makes some insane throws by the way we didn't mention in the winners and I think that he deserves a honorable mention at the very least Michael Gallup making some insane throws I am convinced that gravity does not work the same way for Michael Gallup than to the rest of the humans on earth. Because how about those throws? This was the game 
in which we had a lot of weird things go on going on with hands and, and feet because we had the Jaron Kyrus interception on the sidelines. We had Michael Gallup on the fade making that contested catch that was an insane catch. And then you had Michael Gallup with another impressive catch on the sidelines when the Cowboys were trying to pull something out of an offensive drive that started at their own five-yard line. And then you had Carlos Watkins picking Taysom Hill off. By the way, that was such a bad, bad game for Taysom Hill, his first start of the season. And I think that we all kind of agree that he's not the long-term answer for the Saints. The question is, does Sean Payton feel the same way? Because he might not. I do agree with Mauricio and Gallup has really stepped up. Says Kenneth Fraser. Uh, Jessica says Gallup is definitely a winner. He was. Uh, Carlos Watkins is Mike. Gallup is a grown man as Charles Moore. We need a we need a Scooter McGruder, you know, sound effect that says he's a grown man. Lip Prescott in Rush, good backup quarterback, says Rudy. Like, yeah, of course, Lee Prescott in. Like, that is not even, I believe, a discussion. I know that he has some haters, Zach, but but come on. Uh, Tony Pollard says Bruno da Silva. And I love that. I love that run by Tony Pollard, by the way. The big play, I hate to mention this, but as I was saying, like, the run game's issues are not fixed if you pull Ezekiel Elliott and just leave Tony Pollard in there because the issues are far more serious than just who's playing running back. Without that big play, and I know that maybe it is not fair to take, to take that big play away, but I think that we should mention it because a, a lot of people have been citing the fact that Tony Pollard went for 11 yards per carry. But if you take that big gain, explosive run from Tony Pollard, he averaged 2.16 yards per carry. So that is not great either. Uh, Leo says the problem is that Prescott gets nervous. And I really don't think that is the case either. And I think that we confuse that missing some throws, you know, translates to a player being nervous. I don't think that Dak Prescott is necessarily nervous. I do think that if you go back and look at it throw for throw, you realize that he had a good game. In my opinion, Dak actually had a good game. There were some plays. There were some plays, of course, that fourth and two and fourth down is the most important of all. And you want them to execute on those situations. You won the Cowboys on third and nine. There was this play on third and nine, by the way, that I hated because the Cowboys had a scream throw to, to Gallup. And if the throw is just a little bit better, you might have Mike, a, a touchdown for Michael Gallup because it was his screening which the Saints sent seven in pressure, leaving the coverage very weak. But the draw is a little bit behind Michael Gallup. He kind of has to come back and get it. And then Quan Alexander does a great job getting at, at Michael Gallup. He, he really pulls out a, a great play. But that screen pass, if the throw is just a tiny bit better, you might have a touchdown for the Cowboys on that offense. <laughs> uh, you know, the Facebook comments are a little bit funny, to be honest with you guys. Uh, Cheryl says, Dak ain't nervous. And that is something that I agree with. Problem is inconsistency on the play calling, not exposing what the defense is giving us, says Dennis, which at the first during the first few weeks of the season, it was the country, right? We loved what the Cowboys were exploding from their opponents. Hopefully they figure things out on December. I believe they will. But guys, that will be it for me tonight here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I appreciate you guys for joining the show. 
we will mix things up, by the way, this week because I will be on the road and we will be doing the show for, from a different set. And I would like to tell you that I'm going to see the Cowboys play, but I'm really not. I'm just going uh, to El Paso on a family trip. So, yeah, we will be doing the show from the hotel room because primetime should not and will not be stopped by for any reasons. So we will be doing the show on the road uh, on Tuesday and on Wednesday. But I will see you tomorrow night here from the ADC Sports Dallas Primetime Studio. So thank you guys for joining the show. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content and for more Mavericks content. You can read my articles. You can read Cole Patterson, uh, Alec Cash, Ian's content on the Mavericks as well. Check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Thank you, guys. And I see your comments. And now, on the contrary, thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to listen to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, and I will see you. I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Thank you, guys.